0: ladies. Welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. We are continuing in our Titus 2 talks. Denise, thank you for joining me again. Oh,
1: it's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. It is such a joy. And we have been just working through this list that God gives us in Titus 2, that these aged women are to be teaching to the younger women. Last month, we covered discreet. If you have not had a chance to listen to that one, you probably want to get that one. Um, And if you have not listened to the one from several months ago on being sober, you probably want to go back and listen to that too. Because as we have said all along, God has a perfect order even in His written Word. And as we are working our way through this list of character qualities, of things that the aged are to have maturing in their life and then as they teach the younger— A lot of these build on each other. And you'll see as we jump into talking about being chaste today, that that directly links back to discretion. That links back to being sober-minded. So when we talked about sober-minded, we talked a lot about um, living a spirit-controlled life, Mm -hmm. letting the Holy Spirit um, have full reign in our lives. Then we talked about discreet last time, this having discernment, prudent, wise, um, and, and so many things there where we really talked about how these are things that have an outward show of
1: right.
0: evidence, um, but it's so much deeper than that. You know, we can't just watch the way we present ourselves and the way that we speak and say, oh, yeah, I'm discreet. Because, you know, we talked in that right. episode, I think both of right. us were like, yeah, we're pretty discreet. And then yeah. you pray and you're like, oh, okay, Lord, yes. I have some things to work on. It all backs up to the heart. And that's really where we're going to jump in today talking about chaste is, you know, it has the idea of of purity, of pure from carnality, um, modest, pure from every fault, immaculate, clean. I mean, I think often when we think of purity, we think of very outward things, you know. Um, we have our list of what we will and will not wear, or you know, especially pre-marriage, you know, you have your these are this is right. as far as I will go, and this is how far I will not go. And you know, even within marriage, there's that marriage purity. And while all of that is so important, I'm not taking away from any of those things that we would set in our lives to keep us on the righteous path. Um, I think we'll see as we study through this, that it really begins in the heart. Mm-hmm. As with so many of these other things, that if it's not in our heart, then it's just, it's an outward facade. It's something that we are putting on in our own strength, um, which is in contradiction to being sober, right? to being Holy Spirit-led. And
1: oftentimes when we fail, or we see a relationship fail, or we see someone fall, um, it is because they were trying to do it in their own strength. Mm-hmm. They They saw this list. And they picked out some, and they said, oh, I can do that. And they tried to do it in their own strength instead of depending upon the Lord and allowing Him to transform from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And and the reason, you know, I don't know why we do that, but oftentimes we just can't believe that prayer and the Word of God can change us. We think, oh, that can't be. That's an important word. There has to be more. There has to be more to that. And so we fail because we try to do it in our own strength. And God never intended for us to do this alone. Mm -hmm. He provided us with the Holy Spirit, and He provided us every tool and weapon that we need, but we just neglect to use them.
0: And I do think this is an area where... I mean, in every area, we need the Holy Spirit's power. But this one is so countercultural. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I even in preparing this, I just thought we live in this girls-gone-wild culture. Yeah. You know, where it's just, yeah. you know, do whatever makes you feel good. Whatever is just, you yes. know, that the Bible talks about right in your own eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, then we enter all of this body positivity you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and loving me and accepting me then mm-hmm. I can present myself in any way that makes me feel worthy right. um and, and, and so much it, it comes from that and we'll get into some of those different things but I, I think as we're working through these as we're trying to have this biblical womanhood you know this is an area that's under attack in and our lives as women, especially in the culture that we live. Um and and it's nothing new. It's not new to our culture. Oh, you know, no. Titus yes. had this in his culture as
1: well. Right. Right. And and it's it's I tell as old as time. Yes. It is um it is the subject of movies. It's the it's the subject of literature. It is we there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes tells us that. And when are we going to learn to do okay. things God's way and to use His His resources? Yes. When are we going to learn that? I d- when am I going to learn that?
0: Oh, goodness. Now <laughs> you're getting convicted. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> well, I know in Titus 1, uh, 15 and 16, it says, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and to every good work reprobate. And right in the middle, it says even their mind and conscience is defiled. And I think sometimes when we think about purity or chastity or modesty, um, you know, we think about very the very physical side of things. You know, we kind of tend to dismiss the emotional, dismiss the spiritual, dismissing the mind and the body. I'm sorry, the mind and the Um, heart and really just focusing on that body emphasis Mm -hmm. Um, you know even I'm thinking just in in dealing with teenagers or looking back to my teen years you know I think often purity was equated with virginity you know just get to marriage and save as much as you can and then purity is checked off the list and you can set that one off to the side Um, but it's so much more than that it is so much more than that as a single person. It's so much more than that as a married person. You know, that's not something that gets checked off the list because you've now got a wedding ring on and then you can put that away. That is something that extends into every area of life and not even just these physical relationships. But as we talk about the mind and the conscious bringing in the heart, bringing in the mind, and tying it back to these ideas of what does Chase actually mean? being pure, being clean, being immaculate. You know, that is not something we can do in and of ourselves. And you you shared some of these passages in the last episode talking about how God's Word washes us, regenerates us, sanctifies us. You know, all, all of this starts with who the, the inner man, who we are in the inner man, becoming more like Christ, seeking to live pure before Him, Because He is worthy, nothing else. And then the outpouring of that reaches into these different branches of life that that we're seeing, that our areas that our culture and and that we within the church, me, myself included, struggle with in this area.
1: Well, we need to ask ourselves, are we caring about what the Lord thinks about us? Are we caring about what others think about us? And so oftentimes, we want them as a teenager, we want others to think that um, that we are a virgin or that we are pure, that we are um, doing all the right things. We care about what our parents think about us or our best friend or our teachers or whatever. And we're caring about what they see mm-hmm. and what they think about us as opposed to what God sees and what God thinks about us. And we get so deluded sometimes that we forget that God knows what we're thinking. He knows what's in our heart. He knows us intimately. But yet we go around thinking, oh, I've hidden this from God, and I'm a good girl. And and we're so deluded sometimes in what is true. Mm -hmm. But God already sees um, what we are and how we are on the inside. And you know what's so amazing to me is that even in my filth, And all of the filth inside that he saw, he still went to the cross on my behalf. He went to the cross to nail all of that on the cross and pay the penalty for that sin in my life so I wouldn't have to. That filth, that disgusting thing that he saw that nobody else saw but that he sees, he died on the cross and paid the penalty for that sin. That is so amazing. And we forget that. And we need to be reminded of what Christ did for us on the cross and realize that we have a sin nature and we live in this, this carcass, this fleshly carcass, and um, we're prone to sin and we can't do it without Him. And so we can clean ourselves up on the outside all we want to and we can present this nice, beautiful, Christian-like, Person to everyone else, but God sees the inside. And that's the audience that we should be concerned about more than any other is the Lord and what does He see? And He tells us to be holy as He is holy. And we can't do that in our own strength. You've already said that. We need Him and He knows that we need Him. And so we are just, we're lying to ourselves when we think that we're good enough, that we're clean enough, that we're projecting a certain kind of image, we're doing nothing but lying to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We need to see us the way God sees us. And if we are, you know, a child of God's, he sees Jesus Christ on us. Yes. We belong to him. But he also knows that we um that we're weak. And he never intended for us to try to do these things in our own strength. He wanted us to depend upon him and to um, look to him and to use the weapons and the resources that He has given us in the Word to use those things to be holy like He's holy.
0: Well, you know, and I think too, and like you were saying, in light of the cross and in light of the amazing fact that in our sinful filth, God still died for us, what does it say about my appreciation for that if I accept His forgiveness and then remain in my filth? You know, and so often, I'm just thinking my own personal life. It's easy to paint up the outside and make it look beautiful and grateful. But really inside, am I allowing that filth to stay? What does that say to a righteous God who gave everything for me? What gratitude does that display to Him? And I think that's where this this area comes into play. This being chaste, seeking to be pure, and you know, and we kind of mentioned, but you know modesty comes in here too and and while I think it's wonderful to have standards, I have standards, you know, I want to glorify God with my outward presence, I need to remember that I am bought with a price, my inner man, and it is out of the inner man that then the outer man shows, and you know if i I could have. All my T's crossed and all my I's dotted and look like whatever the definition of biblical womanhood would be. But if I am not having these character qualities developed in my heart, if I'm not having, if I'm not chaste, if I don't have discretion and soberness and these different things that we've talked about, you know, God sees, like you said. And really, who, who am I trying to pursue biblical womanhood for? Is it for my friends? Is it for someone to applaud me and say, oh look, there goes a biblical woman, you know? Or is it to glorify my savior who, like you said, gave everything for me when I was so undeserving? And I think we could probably just end the podcast episode right here and have plenty to go talk to the Lord about. Um, but but that's really our heart as we lay this foundation this word chase this this idea of of having this clean heart before god and then from that living a clean life letting right. that influence right. the life that we live for him
1: you know when god gives us instruction in purity um oftentimes we think that he's doing that because he's a mean overbearing god who doesn't want us to have fun who's just you know um being overprotective or or you know, along those lines. We take it as a negative thing. But God puts these things in place for our protection and for our good. And because He knows how weak we are and He knows how progressive sin is and how a little bit of leaven leavens the whole loaf. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about, you know, our gates and and controlling things from our eye gates or ear gates and Um, just controlling what is put into us, Um, we think that we can handle a little bit of leaven. A little bit doesn't matter, you know, but God's word instructs us that it leavens the whole loaf. And Mm -hmm. sin is very progressive and it will take us further than we want to go. And so we don't need to look at God's word as negative, like he doesn't want us to have fun and I can never keep all of these rules and, mm-hmm. and and just looking at it that way, we need to look at God's Word as instruction because He loves us. Yes. He cares for us, and He wants to protect us because He knows these things to be truth. And unfortunately, we don't know that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we get caught up. We get distracted, and we get caught up in the world, and we get caught up in sin. And it is very destructive, and it destroys things in our life that God never wanted. He never wanted that. And so a lot of it is just the way we look at God and we look at God's Word. We always have to come back to remember how much He loved us Mm -hmm. and the price that He paid for our sin. I I think if we always just go back and and look at what He did for us, and then allow Him to to use His Word and to believe what He's teaching— and to allow the holy spirit to transform our inner man, our heart. Mm-hmm. These things will come. We we will want to look modest. Yes. We will mm-hmm. want to keep those things from coming into our life. We will want to to do these things because it will come from not a list of do's and don'ts yes. but a heart that loves him a heart that wants to be pleasing in His sight because we owe Him everything, not a checklist because we want to impress everyone at church or everyone in the family or everyone in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a lie. That's living a lie. And God doesn't want us to live a lie. He wants to transform us. He wants us to look like His Son, Jesus Christ. And there's only one way to do that, and that's His way. And we need to know that. And we need to know that that comes from a heart of love, not uh, from a heart of evil or, you know, because He's a God who do- doesn't want us to have any fun or right. be happy. He does want us Why to be no, happy. I've been
0: reading some different things recently, Um, Bible study material, that, well, some of it's been counseling and some of it has been a lot of purity. And coupling the two together, I do think we tend to get this very negative view of how God paints purity of like oh it is this list mm-hmm. or oh, he just doesn't you, I mean you said he doesn't want me to have fun or you know these these thoughts that so quickly come into our minds but the reality that God is the one who created intimacy and who created such beautiful things within His order, so let's tie it all Mm -hmm. back to Titus, Mm -hmm. you know. So, so I'm reading these, you know. I read several different books about letting God write your love story, or you know, trusting God with your purity and the beautiful that design that God has when you follow His order. Mm -hmm. Contradicted with some different uh, counseling books that I've read, different things that started out pleasurable for Mm -hmm. a very short season, because the Bible said, the Bible says sin has its season of pleasure right. but how quickly that season is over and the downward spiral again back to Titus of chaos mm-hmm. that ensues where it, when it is done God's way there is such a beauty and there is such a reward in that and that's kind of what we'll transition into you know we've talked so much about this a chaste heart why do we even want a chaste heart is it because like you said, you know, we have this rigid list of rules that we need to follow. Or is it because we are so in love with a Savior who had mercy on the unmerciful that we want to be holy as He is holy? And as we talk about, you know, again, we've we've been taking this angle as we're going through this. Why do the aged women need to instruct the younger women? There, there's something that the more mature in the faith— has insight, has biblical wisdom to then help these younger ones in the faith on. And there are just several different, I think, practical things that the Lord has kind of put on my heart as as I just hear from different women, as I see culture, as I deal with my own sin and my own heart. Um, and just some of these things where, you know, some of them are even more kind of hush-hush topics. And I think the first one that we'll jump into is one of those, almost like, well, some of these are a little bit kind of getting too personal. So if we just sweep it under the carpet, maybe the problem will go away. Right. And we're finding, like we've said with some of these different Titus 2 things, we're finding that the lack of mature believers addressing these issues and helping immature believers has has allowed for some of this stuff to exponentially get out of hand as Satan has been able to reign in some of these areas, and, and the first one is just um, pornography it, amongst women. You know that we've seen such a rise in some numbers. I read recently that one in six women regularly view pornography, and eighty percent of those women go on to commit sexual acts outside of the boundary of marriage. And, you know that's not something that is talked about very much. Mm-hmm. I think you might have briefly mentioned it. On one of our podcast episodes, yeah. but that's not something that we tend to talk about. Or if we do talk about it, it's just regards to the men. Right. We don't really address this with women, but right. but it is becoming a huge problem.
1: And you know, I have to ask myself why? Mm-hmm. Why is pornography an an issue for women? Um, you know, we're taught that men are more visually stimulated, and women are more um, touch and time stimulated they they need that relationship that feeling of safety and pornography doesn't offer either one of those things you know and so why why has this become why is this on the rise Mm -hmm. what is the issue with pornography and i just think we have to go back and look the devil is always offering a substitute he's always trying to tear us away from the lord If he can't have our soul, he wants everything else. Mm -hmm. And he wants to destroy us, even though we belong to the Lord. And he especially wants to destroy those that belong to the Lord because he loves them. And because it's something that's near and dear to God. And so, you know, God has said that marriage is between a man and a woman only for a lifetime. And he even compares his relationship the Lord Jesus Christ, the bride, um or the bridegroom to the church, the bride. Mm-hmm. And so anything that the devil can do to mar that image, he's going to do that. And so a way to affect women is to is like something's better on the other side, yes. something's greater outside of what I have, outside of my boundary of marriage and what God's boundaries are, it's better. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember, it's a lie. It's a lie from hell. And pornography is not in the Word of God. It is a substitute. And like we've already said um, in the past, that sin does have a pleasure, is pleasurable for a season, but it leads to destruction. And pornography has ruined so many marriages it's ruined so many lives, um, the ones that are in the industry, as well as the ones who view it. Um, there's nothing edifying. There is nothing good that comes out of porn- pornography. Mm-hmm. And so if I was talking to a young woman who was dabbling in this, I would first start praying and praying very fervently for that young lady and, and just saying, what need is not being met in your life? Yeah. There's an expectation that she is expecting to get it from somewhere else. And I would suspect that it is a need that only God can fulfill. And I would ask her, how much time are you spending with the Lord? How well do you know the Lord? And I would always just go back to that because there's something that she thinks that she can get somewhere else that she can't get from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is just a lie out of the pit Mm -hmm. of hell. And, um, you know, and and sometimes there's something about sexual sin that's so sticky um not that it's wor- you know all sin god died for all of it there's not some that's worse than others but there's something about sexual sin that is so um destructive it it just like it it affects the inner person it really affects everything mm-hmm. it's not just like you know you can gossip and it might tear down a a friendship or you know, but there's just something about sexual sin. I don't even know if I can articulate it. Mm-hmm. And sexual sin is always associated with idolatry. Mm-hmm. Every religion that has idolatry some sort of idolatry, um, any religion that's not based on the Word of God that's away from God, worshiping other little g gods, is always riddled with um sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And other kinds of sins as well. And it's just God's, it's just the enemy, the devil's way of doing things. And so pornography is a substitute um, of pleasure Mm -hmm. that. Someone has believed a lie that they can get some sort of pleasure or some sort of satisfaction outside of what God's design and God's order is, and we have to recognize it for what it is. It is just a lie, and it's a type of idolatry. It is worshiping and looking to other little g-gods instead of the one true God.
0: I wish I had the excerpt from Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. I read it several years ago, but recently— heard this little passage of it brought up, Um, but I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but it's this older demon talking to this younger demon, trying to train him on how to trip up this man, and they're dealing with this area of pleasure, and the older is telling the younger that God was the designer of pleasure, and that nothing that Satan has been able to do can even come close to replicating what God has created so since they cannot replicate their own version of pleasure they have the only thing they can do is take what god has created and to pervert it and to twist it and to make it into something that god never intended for it to be and when i heard that i just thought that that was such a good reminder even in preparation for this that and, and like we said god has such beauty intended for us even in this area uh, area of purity and chastity such a perfect order to his design where he wants to pour out his blessings but satan always has that counterfeit and though it may look desirable it is it leads to chaos it leads to ruin it leads to so much heartbreak and i do think this is one area that that we just have to be on guard we have to protect ourselves um our culture. Yes. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Our culture has become so accepting. You know, our pastor um often mentions um the verse about how they lost their blush. You know, a whole nation, a whole generation lost their blush, and we're there. You know, the billboards, the movies, the TV, and that's gonna lead into this next thing we're gonna talk about the influence of media on our purity. But it has become so pervasive, so acceptable. That we have lost our blush. We don't think twice about it on um, the things that we allow to influence those gates and and the danger that we allow to enter into our minds and our homes where we might sit here and think, "Oh well, this you know, that's something that I would never struggle with. But it's not one day you jump in the deep end, you know you it's it's baby steps and and it is so important to guard those gates. I'm even thinking as as a mom with young ones you know it's important to model to them what it looks like to guard my gates and then to be careful for them um you know especially in this area of pornography because i know more and more younger and younger ages are being exposed to this and the reality that we can't just stick our heads in the sand and make it go away it's it's there satan is using this tool so we need as biblical women we need to put on that armor equip ourselves with the things that God has given us to fight this.
1: And these are issues that we're fighting in our country right now. All of this with Disney, all of this with um, K through third grade curriculum. Um, We're exposing the youngest of our young to these things at a, you know, at a very early age. Visions, things that that they visually see and things that they hear even literature we're exposing it to our very young and um it's it's going to have consequences Mm -hmm. it already we already see the consequences of um what has been done in the past and this is even going to propel us even further and it's just that that whole concept of a little bit of sin a little bit of leaven leavens the whole loaf Mm -hmm. Um, it's sh- and sin being progressive it just it just progresses and um, it consumes it consumes everything and that's where we're at right now as a culture and us as moms, we do have to help our children um, protect their eye gates and their ear gates and and um, protect them from this as long as as the, as we can yeah. um, allow them to grow deep, sturdy, strong roots so that when they are confronted with this, because they will be, unfortunately, they will be in this culture, that their root system is strong enough to where they can withstand um, the trials and the temptations and, and the things that Satan is going to hurl at them um, in their life. It, it's just it's so important that we protect our children, but it's important that we protect ourselves too. And uh, once again... I'll just go back to what God's Word says. He's given us everything that we need. We just don't use them. We don't use what He's given us to use and in um, various reasons. Sometimes it's ignorance, but sometimes it's just apathy and laziness. And we don't believe that one little thing can captivate or change the course of a life. We believe that our children can handle small, small doses of sin. We believe that we can handle small doses of sin ourselves, and it's simply not true. And I'll never forget um, someone telling me one time, and, and I use this often, but an alcoholic began with one drink. All alcoholics began with one drink, and it's the same in with anything. It begins with one. We all don't start out alcoholics. It all begins with one drink. And so we have to be very careful. And the world wants to say that we're um, prudes or that we're unrealistic, um, that we're going to be raising weirdo children and uh, that they won't be socially adjusted and, you know, all (laughs) these kinds of things. I don't know that I want mine socially (laughs) adjusted. (laughs) Exactly. And my thing is, is how's it working out? Yes. How's the school system working out for you? Well, I mean, How's look, we the culture? have a rise
0: in a need for counseling. We mm-hmm. have a rise in suicide rates amongst children. Yes. We have a rise in these identity crises of kids not knowing what gender they are. You know, just the confusion.
1: And who Compounded is happy confusion? about all of that? Yes. Who is succeeding in all of that? That is exactly the enemy's purpose, mm-hmm. and that is exactly his objective that is not God's objective. His his objective is not to destroy our children or just, just to destroy us. He came to give us abundant life. He didn't come to destroy. That is the objective of the enemy. And we we just stick our head in the sand and we just act like, you know, oh, it couldn't be that movie I let them watch or that thing I let them listen to or that thing that they attended, it can't be anything like that. That's wrong. I, I just think that we have evidence and we have proof that it is, it is true. A little bit of sin damages a person.
0: Well, I love that you brought up that about being gatekeeper, and we've talked about that before. And even into the next episode as we continue through Titus, talking about being a keeper of the home, you know, keeper of the home, goes so far beyond keeping food on the table and the floor mm-hmm. swept. And uh-huh. you know, I'm thinking, even in this area of being a gatekeeper, you know, just the importance of of keeping the gates. You know, God gave this discreet, God gave sober, God gave chaste to women to teach women. And we've talked before about the influence that women have on future generations. The the influence that I have on my children. You know, this was an area, even coming back to talking about the influence of media on our purity, this was an area that God kind of just light bulb momented for me, because you know, there were uh, several years ago, my children started, you know, they wanted to watch movies more, and so we started navigating, okay, what are we good with? What are we not good with? And we were so vigilant over what they watched, and then they would go to bed, and we would turn on the TV. Mm -hmm. and the difference
1: Mm -hmm.
0: in television, just because it was adult TV. Not that we watched horrible, terrible things, but the things that we were allowing into our home, Simeon and I as adults, the Lord really convicted us on, hey, if if you're trying to teach your children that marriage is between a man and a woman, why are you watching a show Mm -hmm. that is championing you know, a same sex couple or things oh, right. like that. Where I just had to to back this up and make this very personal in my life that hey, if I'm going to be chaste, if I'm going to have this discretion, if I'm going to be sober minded, I've got to watch my gates and in in especially being chaste and being clean before God and doing what I can to keep my heart and my mind pure. As I started looking at different areas of my life with that desire, I realized, wow, there's a lot of things that need weeded out here. Um, I read a lot of books; mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people know that. Um, and you know, I even had to be careful, you know, especially during my teen years. I read a lot of Christian romance, you know, mm-hmm. I thought, well, it's Christian, so it's clean and it's good, you know. But it, we just have to be so careful what we allow to to be an idol in our life. What we give. And not that I was giving worship to these things, but I was giving more time, more of me to something other than Christ or other than something that brought glory to Christ. And that was an area that needed to be worked on in my own heart and life. I also think it's so important to guard your relationships. Again, as I was thinking about this aged woman instructing this younger woman, what insight does she have? What experience has she gleaned that she could look at the life of of a younger one of a, a less mature one and give wisdom and say be careful in this area of chastity mm-hmm. and this came to the idea of just guarding guarding your relationship um whether you're a single woman who's not married um but but even as we talk about married women here mothers just being very careful um with your friendships mm-hmm. You know, really, our friendships should be among other women. Um, we don't need to be going to another man to to dump our emotions and to be our prayer person. You know, we we need to be careful in that area.
1: We do. We do need to be careful in the area because you know we need to prioritize our relationships, and first and foremost is our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and second then is our husband, and um, we don't want my husband is my husband, but he's also my friend, and I don't want my friend, uh, who is the most important thing to me, um, second to the Lord Jesus Christ, to think that anything is threatening that friendship or is you know going to take substitute for that friendship or um so and then we do need girlfriends. Um, we have fun with our girlfriends, that sort of thing. But even in those friendships, we need to make sure that that never takes priority uh, or gets out of order. We need to make sure that all of these things in order is what we are learning in Titus here. And our relationship with the Lord first, our relationship with our husband second. And of course, a single lady would have girlfriends mm-hmm. and it needs to be that way until the Lord brings um, that that man in her life, um, but even those those girlfriend relationships need to be in order, and need to be healthy, and need to be spurring each other on toward good deeds and and looking to the Lord, and not um, not tempting us to do. Something that we know we shouldn't be doing or leading us astray or or filling our heads with um expectations that are just not biblical. Um so we we have to be careful even in our our friendships, you know, well, I
0: think I mean, we even need to be careful about being chaste in our friendships with our girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget when several years ago, when Simeon was more in a corporate work environment, you know, he would come home some days and be like, The girls. Yes. Some of the things I overheard. The girls talk. You know, you mm-hmm. I guess you expect, you know, men's locker room talk or whatever, but you know, to hear the some of the things that women talk about with their friends and, and just the reminder And they
1: ag each other on yes. you know, or challenge them. I, I dare you to do yes. such and such or whatever. But you know, even in the area of dress, I heard um a statistic one time and I and I can't give you all the numbers but basically women dress to impress other women not men necessarily um so you know we really care about what our girlfriends think about us as well and so we just need to make sure that we have healthy relationships with other women as mm-hmm. well and that our speech and our discretion um, is is employed in our in our girlfriends in our yeah. Girl relationships, and um, and we just need to make sure that we that it's edifying to the Lord and honoring to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Things God has an order for all of these things, and certainly, um, you know, we can be friendly or cordial Mm -hmm. um, to everyone, even the opposite sex. But really, I mean, is there any reason why we should be spending an excessive amount of time? With another man, and I, you know, I just can't think of any reason for that. And and that, can and the potential is there. It's just dangerous. The potential yes. is there for that to for sin to creep in, and for that to um, be exploited or go somewhere that we don't want well, that and to I go. Think the
0: Bible talks about um, making no cause for the flesh mm-hmm. to fulfill the lust thereof, and I think sometimes we tempt. Ourselves, we attempt right. the situation thinking, I'm strong. And I mean, we've, we've, I feel like every time we come to this, you know, we say, Oh, our first thought was, oh, I'm not doing too bad. And then, you know, as you really get God's word and look, you realize, Oh, I fall so short. But even in this area of chastity, sometimes I think, um, or, or even as married women, you know, we kind of talked a little bit before the, we started recording about, Oh, well, we're married. So purity's checked off the list. We can, you know, we don't have to worry about that one. Um, but just the reality that we do have to be on guard. We have to watch those gates because Satan is looking for any crack that he well, can slip in. What
1: those books, what those movies, what all of those things do is they they paint this picture. They set this expectation that's not realistic. Yes. It takes all of sinful man out and they just paint it as it's the most wonderful, glamorous, fun Pleasurable thing. You mean
0: your husband didn't ride up in armor and a yeah, yeah, <laughs> <white> exactly, <horse. laughs>
1: exactly. And so then we start thinking, oh, that's the way it should be, and my husband's just not measuring up. And then the devil mm-hmm. just starts yeah. showing, just throwing all these darts into our mind, and we start believing some of those lies that he's hurling at us, mm-hmm. thinking that someone else is going to be like that picture that's painted in our mind or someone else is gonna meet that expectation that we've that's been set through a movie or through a book or or from girlfriends mm-hmm. talking about you know whatever and and it's simply not realistic. They're all lies and we need to remember that that is what the enemy, what the devil specializes in is lying. He's the father of lies. Mm-hmm. Don't believe anything he says. Don't believe any of that. We need to know the Lord. We need to know his word. And we need to realize that we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We probably, you know, do we want our husbands having a, this expectation or this picture of the perfect woman? And that's what pornography does. And and then we don't measure up to what this lie that he's believed that mm-hmm that a marriage relationship's supposed to look like, you know? And so it goes both ways. We we need, I just can't emphasize this enough. The devil is the father of lies. Mm -hmm. And all of those things are lies. And he is doing everything he can to pervert God's word and to destroy us. And
0: part of so much begins with discontentment too. If he can get us discontent. If he can get us thinking, God hasn't met my needs mm-hmm. like I need Him to, mm-hmm. then it just opens the door. Isn't wide that for what him
1: happened in the garden? All
0: His counterfeits, exactly. Yeah. yes.
1: It, it, he's withholding some good thing yes. from you, and that's such a lie. And who told that lie? You know, <laughs> it, it all began it, from the very beginning. It's not anything new, and so we just we need, you know. One of the aspects of the art of war is to know the enemy. And we need to know that the enemy, the devil, is a liar. And all of these pictures that he's painting are lies. They are not attainable. You're never going to have the perfect husband. You're never going to have the perfect marriage. You're never going to have, you know, these things that, that we draw in our mind as perfect, these expectations. But you know what? We can have a very Blessed marriage. Mm -hmm. We can have a blessed husband. We can have a very fruitful, a very abundant life and marriage. And we can we can be abundant and fruitful people if we do things God's way. Mm -hmm. He's given us the order, he's given us his word, he's given us weapons, he's given us tools, all of those things. It's got to be God's way. And we always we just want we get distracted and we want to think that it's something else and it's not mm-hmm. it, there, he's not hiding anything from us and he's not withholding anything from us he's given us everything we just believe the devil and not god in so many instances and chase is is you know being challenged and um it, it's just it's something that comes it's a product once again mm-hmm. Of a spirit-filled and a spirit-led life, yes. and and we can't do it in ourselves. We can clean up this exterior, but it will not last, yes. and it is not good enough. It has to be something that the Holy Spirit does. Yes. It's something that He produces in us, and um, it is attainable. But it's only attainable God's way.
0: Ephesians five three says, "But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness." Let not once be named among you as become of saints. And then 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, and 7 says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. And holiness just ties right back into that purity, to chaste, to being presented as clean before God. And, and I think, you know, I, I'm assuming if you are following along in a deep Bible study of Titus, that you have a heart that is wanting to have biblical womanhood define your life. Um, and, and that's our heart. That's what we're seeking as we go through this study. And part of that is living unto holiness, letting Christ form that in us. And if that means giving up something that does not conform to his image, something that is one of those lies from Satan that is a counterfeit, it is worth giving up to become more like the Lord and and to have his favor and his hand of blessing on our lives. But thank you ladies so much for joining us for this episode. We look forward to joining you again next month as we continue working through um, Titus 2, as we study these different things that the aged women are to teach the younger women. But we will go ahead and wrap up today's episode. Um, Denise, would you mind to close us out in prayer?
1: I'd be glad to. Thank you. Father, again, thank you for teaching us your word. Thank you for showing us these areas in our life that are um, not pleasing in your sight. Help us to rid ourselves of them. Help us to, um, to look more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to be chaste. Help us to, um, to know what that looks like and, and, and for it to come from a heart that's been purified by you and not just something that we tried to muster up ourselves. Father, I thank you for your word and how you cleanse us with your word. And Father, I pray that you would continue to do that in our lives. And it is in Jesus' name I pray and ask these things. Amen.
0: I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.